Good morning, everyone. As you know, we are spending some time looking at the spiritual gifts as outlined by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I'm just going to start by reading verses 7 to 11 as a bit of a reminder. It says this. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Last week, Vicky talked to us about miracles. This week, I'm looking at the gift of prophecy, which is absolutely fundamental to who we are in Christ. Here at St. Leonard's, we know we are called to be a courageous, lion-hearted and prophetic community, only doing what we see the Father doing. The prophetic word given to us two years ago called us to release people in their prophetic gifting to understand the nature of being a prophetic people so that we will then see the transformation of our community. And that is our heart's desire, isn't it? To see transformation. To use a vastly overused phrase, we really are in unprecedented times at the moment. But I also believe we are starting to see the fulfilment of some of the prophetic words which have been given, not only since the start of lockdown, but also some which were given in decades gone by about a coming move of the Spirit and about revival breaking out. This global pandemic has created another pandemic of fear, which arguably in the long term, I think could be even more damaging than the virus to health, both mental and physical health, to relationships and to whole communities. Stress is a really damaging thing. And as God's people and part of his church, we are uniquely positioned to bring hope to those in hopelessness, to bring light into the darkness that so many find themselves in, and to lead people into freedom. But if we're going to do that, we need the Lord's instruction. We need to follow his leading in order to go to the places and the people he shows us and to speak the words of life that he gives us. Some of you will remember the prophetic word from 2018 on this card. It says this, Then we will see transformation of a people, first a people after my own heart, wholehearted worshippers, devoted disciples and powerful prophets. Then are people birthed to this community, wandering sheep, hungry disciples, and those desperate for my presence. And finally, a transformed community, excited young believers of all ages, joy-filled streets and homes, and restored families. Everything we do should proclaim the love of God and the message of the gospel. Everything we do should be because we have revelation to do it. As Jesus himself said in John 5.19, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself, he can only do what he sees his Father doing. 
This is why the gift of prophecy is so important. We need to remember that every single one of us can be prophetic. We are all designed to hear God's voice. It's part of our identity as believers. All sheep recognise the voice of the shepherd. We may all hear in slightly different ways, but that doesn't matter. Last week, one of the regular volunteers at Restore Hope shared a dream with me that she'd had the night before. At the time, she said it made no sense to her, but she knew it was from God and she knew she had to share it with me. I very rarely have prophetic dreams myself, but as she told me about her dream, it actually spoke right into a situation we're facing at the moment and the Lord used it to show us very clearly how we need to pray and that encouraged both of us. Many Christians also have the specific gift of prophecy whereby the Lord gives revelation for a purpose, to edify or to instruct or to encourage the body. And as Paul encourages us at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, in verse 31, he says we should seek the greater gifts. So we seek after the gift of prophecy. But that doesn't mean all are specifically prophets. The calling to the office of prophet is the work of the Spirit. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says of God, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Finally, of course, some are called to be seers, to see the supernatural realm as if they're seeing into the natural physical realm. We do not seek the office of prophet but we wait to be called. But remember that every single Christian can be prophetic. I've already talked about the importance of the prophetic in hearing God for his direction and his leading. Sometimes he asks us to do things which seem odd or counterintuitive, things which go against our own common sense. For example, giving a sum of money when we don't feel like we've got anything spare at the moment. I've told this story before, but the very first time Laurie and I were ever invited to join a ministry trip to Africa, first to Kenya and then immediately down to Cape Town in the second week, everything in me was saying, no, it wasn't sensible. For a start, we would have to find someone to look after our three children, who were much younger at the time, and we needed someone to look after them for over a fortnight, doing all the school runs, all the after-school stuff, and that in itself seemed impossible. And then I kept thinking, what if something happened either to one of them or to one of us? We'd be thousands of miles apart. In my head at the time, Africa didn't feel safe and I was frightened of going, if I'm honest. But we sought God and we listened to prophetic friends and we realised that God was indeed saying go. And of course, it was that trip that opened so many doors. It was during our time in Kenya where we first connected with Lunch Bowl and met Stuart and Sally McGreevy. And then down in Cape Town, we first came across Pete Portal and his work in Manenberg. That's to name just two things that happened. Had we not gone, the last few years would have been very different. And of course, God undertook for us in every single detail. He knew his purposes in sending us there. And it was his purposes were way bigger than just the ministry of those two weeks. God is interested in the detail of all of our lives and he has specific desires for each of us. 
if Jesus really is Lord, we will only want to do the things that he calls us to. So we need to hear him to know what those things are. But in addition, we need to be able to hear the Lord because we are constantly in battle with the enemy. Satan never stops looking for opportunity to steal from us, to rob us of all those things that are part of our inheritance in Jesus, to rob us of peace and joy and hope and health and fulfilment and our authority. The enemy will rob us of as much as he can, both individually and corporately. His constant aim is to neutralise us as Christians, to make us ineffective and weak and discouraged and to stop us reaching the lost and broken and hurting with the love and restoration of Jesus. I've been wondering how many of us have actually asked the Lord how we should respond to the Black Lives Matter movement to end the systemic racism still ingrained in us, still ingrained in our culture and in so many areas of society? Or do we prefer not to even ask? but just ignore it and think of it as someone else's problem. How many of us have asked the Lord what he wants us to do for those around us during this COVID-19 outbreak? Or are we so concerned with ourselves and our own safety that we've not even considered what he might be calling us to? Please hear me, I am not suggesting we disregard government or medical advice, but we are called to love our neighbour. And we do need to ask what that looks like for us. I was really deeply struck by something that Adam Pryor mentioned at our Zoom prayer meeting Sunday evening two weeks ago. He said that throughout history, where society at large has run from pandemics, Christians have run towards them and the result has been an explosive growth in Christianity. I was so intrigued by that that I did a little bit did a little bit of research this week and I found out quite a lot there's quite a lot of evidence for that during plague periods in the Roman Empire Christians made a name for themselves historians believe that the terrible Antonine plague of the second century which might have killed off a quarter of the Roman Empire actually led to the spread of Christianity because Christians cared for the sick and they showed people that plagues were not the work of some angry and capricious deities but the product of a broken creation in revolt against the loving God. Does that sound familiar? A similar event with similar consequences happened in the 3rd century and in the 4th century the actively pagan Emperor Julian complained that Christians were caring not just for believers but for non-Christians during a disease epidemic and would you believe that as a result death rates in cities with Christian communities were half that of other cities? That is extraordinary and very challenging. And then in 1527 Martin Luther refused to flee Wittenberg when the bubonic plague hit, preferring to stay and minister to those in need, ministering to the sick. He wrote that the plague does not dissolve our duties, it turns them to our crosses. This isn't about being foolish, it's about using the prophetic gifting we have to say to the Lord, what are you asking of me today? We need to know. 
and we might be surprised by what he says. That's the place of maturity, going to the Lord in the midst of our place of difficulty, whatever's going on around us, and seeking him. Not blaming others or society at large, but finding strength in the Lord. Because the safest place to be is always right at the centre of the will of God. We need to learn to hear God, to strengthen ourselves in him, no matter what our circumstances are. And we will find it very, very hard to do that if we are focused only on our own problems. If we only seek the Lord and worship him when things are going well and life is good, we will always be blown about by the wind. And similarly, if we try to change our circumstances by ourselves without changing our hearts, there will be no fruit and much frustration. But if we can learn to inquire of the Lord and walk with him with our spiritual eyes and ears open, we will see that God is always permanently, determinedly, committedly, absolutely every day, enabling us to overcome all the works of the evil one. And then we will take back all that has been robbed from us, because that is how we are designed to live. And if we can learn to do this, learn to, to be obedient to God, seek him every day for what he's asking us to do, I believe we will see revival. Be hungry for it.